Welcome to Dear So-and-So, a phone call between friends where we offer up advice that no one has asked us for. As always, we'll read some of our favorite advice column questions and give our unsolicited opinions. I'm Alyssa Bloomstein. And I'm Steph Karp. Welcome to Dear So-and-So. Welcome. I whispered it. So a friend of the show, my friend from college, Mike Berlin, will occasionally send some of his favorite reddit questions our direction knowing i think particularly that steph is gonna like them (laughs) in this case i think he knew that this one would speak to steph i love that i'm i thank you mike i'm excited to meet you someday (laughs) thank you so much i feel like you really see me so why don't you seeing this one's probably for you yeah read this to us happily so i think this was on reddit at some point this looks like a screenshot from Mm -hmm. like twitter or something okay here we go I have two daughters, Anna, 13, and Sue, 11. While I was away from them, um, I told Anna that I would give her $20 if she mowed the lawn and cleaned the backyard. When I returned, the work was done, and I paid her. However, I later found out that Anna had her younger sister, Sue, do the work and promised her $10 to do it. mentioned this to Anna I love it she's like oh I found out but she doesn't know I know so much intrigue now I haven't mentioned this to Anna but I am uncertain how to approach it on one hand the work got done and Anna paid her sister what was promised on the other hand Anna did not tell me how she did it but I never really asked she simply told me that she made sure the yard work was done and it did get done in a way it was like she subcontracted the work to her sister or delegated responsibility yeah in a way it is like that yeah in a way it actually it's not a way it just is that um part of me is kind of proud of how she handled it but another part of me is wondering if she exploited her sister yeah (laughs) despite the fact that she paid her and sue was all right with doing it oh my god it's just like (laughs) this is what capitalism is guys yes Guess yeah. what? This is what it is. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you're willing to do this for $10? I mean, yeah. you're willing to do it. So <laughs> I, um, I don't see a problem. Um, I want to get some feedback on suggestions of how I should handle this, if at all. God, this is just such a great door opener for like a cool conversation with your daughters about the economy. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so great. I love it. Yeah. I want you to totally just be like, oh, my God, you guys you guys stumbled your way into some really interesting like questions business about and economic econ- questions. Yeah. I know. And I think I they're old it. enough. I think they're just yeah. old enough oh, to have absolutely. those discussions. They're I would, ripe for it. I would um, hold back from like scolding anybody. Like this totally. doesn't feel no. like a moment to scold. No one broke it, a rule. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like a moment to really... to. To dive in, man. Yeah. Yeah, get like, be, yeah, this is complicated stuff. And it's <laughs> like, the, oh my God, it's the engine that runs our lives. So like better to learn yeah. about it when you're the tender age of 11 is Sue yeah. is. You know, know. like why, why not learn now so you don't get pissed about it when you're like 22 and entering the job market, you know? Yes. What a, what a wonderful moment God, so for this good. parent. <laughs> yeah. And I like that the parents kind of, well, the parents definitely a, a capitalist. That's fine. Like the parents, like I'm a little bit proud and I'm like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> sure. But uh, like, I'm, I'm also proud of how clever the daughter is, but I don't know. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Does anyone feel bad for Sue? Um, well, that's, we should, um, that's the thing. <laughs> Sue is the one that needs this conversation the most. Yeah. Because she's the working class. Like, yeah. She needs to, she needs to like learn about how capitalism exploits her labor. Yeah. And then she needs to organize with other working class. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Start a union, Sue. With 
get younger organized. siblings. Get organized yeah. with other younger siblings and yeah. demand your worth, baby. Yeah. Your <laughs> sister extracted like a hundred percent profit. Yeah. On what they pay, like, yeah, 100, like, they extracted the same as their, yes. exp- I mean, you know what I'm saying, god damn it, I, it's too much, I, the margin is too much. The margin is way, way, way too way much. Too much. <laughs> Although I bet that margin exists Everywhere. all over the place. All over yeah. the place, yeah, 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 yeah. I found this job, I keep 50%, you do the job, you, you get do the job. 50%. Yeah. 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 That's not fair. <sighs> it's not exactly Anna didn't fair. even really find the job. Oh, no, no, no. She was given the job. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. The clients are coming to her. She's not hustling at all. She's not really doing a lot of business development or anything. No, not at all. She's not not going to conferences and presenting on her thought leadership to try to attract new clients. No, she doesn't have a LinkedIn. No, she doesn't have a personal website where she offers some free content and then some paid content once you get hooked on the free content. She doesn't have any of that. New York Times social cues, and it is from Ted in Newton, uh, in Newton, Mass. Sorry, Newton is the town next to Brookline. I think growing up, maybe I had some feelings about Newton uh, and like uh, superiority, but I'm an adult and I don't give a fuck now. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yeah, the narcissism of small differences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is from Ted in Newton, Massachusetts. I was settling into my airplane seat when I said hi to the passenger next to me. She remained stone-faced. Not the merest nod or acknowledgement of my existence for the entire flight. Even when I passed her the tomato juice she ordered, do I have a right to feel that she was rude? Signed, Ted in Newton, Massachusetts. (laughs) It is possible she didn't hear you. Airplanes are loud. but Sure. But yeah, totally. You have the, you. Yes. Rude. Um, <laughs> because as she should know, she needs to indicate if she doesn't want to talk to people, you have to wear the headphones. Like that's the rule. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like even as if you're not discussed. listening to anything as discussed, you just you put them in there. You leave them unplugged. Dude, sometimes when I'm on an airplane, my earplugs will be in my ears under my sweater unplugged, to, mm. like plugged into nothing. Um I think that this person was doing that, but sans headphones. This person was like, I forgot my earbuds. The only way to establish that I don't want to engage is to never engage. Yes, Ted, you have a right to feel however you want. Of course. Sure, yeah, whatever. This person yeah, was that's rude. your reaction. But this person was clearly signaling something. And you got that the message. You got the message. Everything, <laughs> you, it was effective. Yep. Um, I, you know, what's funny is I just started listening to, um, this is gonna, it's so cheesy, but, uh, the happiness lab, which is a Yale, a Yale professor of psychology who started this course on the science of well-being and now oh, yeah. it's sort of this like big thing. Well, my therapist told me to do it and she sort of felt like she was, I, I kind of got the sense from my therapist the last time we talked that she was like, girl, you're not putting in the work. 
You know what I mean? Like, she like, just sort of, she was just like, come on, man, you're just spinning your wheels. Like, this isn't even fun anymore. Anyway, I listened to the Happiness Lab podcast today. It was the episode about how we all think we'd rather be left alone when we're commuting, but actually people are happier when they engage with other people, mm. specifically strangers. That, like, this, like, there's been studies on this again and again. Like, people who don't interact with anyone have a worse commute or, like, yep. whatever it is, you know? People yeah. who are talked to like it better and people who engage people and like talk to other people like it better they were basically saying that like it's all about our expectations and like a lot of us are worried that if we engage a stranger in public that like it's going to be a nightmare like they're going to be a psychopath or they're Mm going to be clingy or they're they're going to be weird but that like our brain is stupid that's like not true like most people you engage are going to be people like you i love a chit chat but i will say that air travel is not a commute. <laughs> like No, I, you're right. You're right. I, I will it's point seven out hours and I can't very... talk for seven hours straight. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's bad. There are just anxieties and heightened emotions totally in air true. travel that don't exist on the New on York the subway. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And while I agree that probably for the most part on in air travel, the person next to you is gonna be nice Fine. and interesting yeah. and that if you also chat with them and then express hey i'm gonna i'm gonna read now you know yeah, that they right, probably right. will have boundaries air travel right. just comes with this very you are right that people aren't themselves like they're oxygen deprived and they're anxious <laughs> so it's like not a good it's not normal conditions so yeah ted that person next to you was rude take the hint don't engage yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you think people don't want to have a tiny confrontation such as, okay, that was nice. I'm going to read now. Yeah. Um, Under normal circumstances, they definitely don't have the wherewithal (laughs) to do that at 35,000 feet when they're oxygen-deprived and anxious. Exactly. Sorry that you didn't get to have, you know, uh, a cordial conversation on your, you know, flight to Portland, Ted, or I hope that when you landed, you, like, got a beverage at some stand and Mm -hmm. you had a nice chat with the person who was working at that thing at the airport. Exactly. You know, because that's the right length of conversation with a stranger. Okay, I have a question for you. It's from Ask a Manager. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm being positioned as something of a thought leader in our teapot suppliers niche market. Sure. Uh (laughs) As you become when you move up the teapot market. Um, Okay, so. What is a thought leader, by the way? Like, when would one use that term? So you're coming up with cool new shit. So you're like, okay, well, we used to supply teapots this way, but what if we change the supply chain and okay. do it? Like, okay. what if we market them in this way? Like, you're just an Got ideas it. person. Got it. <laughs> they give examples. They're like, I'm being positioned as something of a thought leader, speaking at conferences, consulting for their clients, like the yeah. teapot suppliers, clients, etc. This is good experience for me and good business for my company. Yeah. Teapot company. Teapot company. The problem? At an annual conference, we were provided shirts by the vendor to identify ourselves as teapot experts. I'm a size zero, and despite providing my size in advance, I was given a men's small. Okay. I looked like a kid who had borrowed dad's clothes, particularly since I am young, in my mid-20s anyway. Right. I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill and had planned to simply emphasize my need for a smaller size when asked for my size next year. However, it came up recently that I'm expected to wear my current shirt at a teapot event next week. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the teapot vendor's desire for branding, but I also want to look professional when meeting peers and prospective clients. I would prefer it if I could stick with my normal business casual clothing that fits properly. Is there any way to handle this? 
Should I just show up dressed normally as if I forgot? Address it directly? Suck it up and wear the shirt? The vast majority of teapot experts are men, so I get why it's easier to just order one sizing line, but I still feel self-conscious when I'm wearing it. This feels like a non-issue. <laughs> teapots, teapots, oh, teapots. Okay, I I don't think it's a non-issue. I too like was kind of um, being put in in sort of more visible positions, uh-huh. kind of younger in my career. Yeah, and it does suck to feel like you're the little girl with all the like middle-aged men. Oh like, yeah, this feels it, like a non-issue because you can tailor your teapot shirt. Right, you can you can tailor your teapot shirt. You can crop it. You can tie it. You could tuck it into a cool. High I sew all pair my jeans. shirts in. Like I, I just you you self tailor. I'm so proud of you. I always intend to. But... I tailor my t-shirts when they're gigantic, oh, and I like the content on them. I shouldn't say this feels like a non-issue. This is an issue. Like I uh-huh, feel yeah, you yeah. in this issue. This feels yeah. like an issue with some clear answers, which oh, yeah, are yeah, yeah. either to tailor your teapot shirt. <laughs> Or just not wear it. Oh, yeah. I definitely would um, maybe just not wear it. I would definitely, you know, I would even tell them to, like, I I would find when I was working in this, I was working in a field with a lot of middle-aged boomer, Uh not middle-aged, I mean boomers, so like near the end of their career, boomer dudes, boomer boomer men, and um, usually when I was honest with them sort of about what it was like for me, they were like, oh, that just never occurred to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, like, they don't mean to make you, they don't mean to demean you. um, At least we don't think. So. We don't think. We think that mostly they just want to highlight you because you're you, sadly, are diversity in their world. So <laughs> they want. That's why yeah. you're becoming a thought leader because you're novel. That's why I became a thought leader. I didn't have any thought leadership. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything. I was 25. You know, like I didn't know shit. Yeah. But they were like, "Oh, look, a millennial woman. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go sp- go give that PowerPoint at that conference. Sure. You do it. Yeah, you do yeah, it. Yeah. It makes people happy." Um, so that's what's happening to you. You can just tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, tailor it though. Like, okay, so what is the, what do you do with the armpits? I need, I need advice. Oh, you just take it in everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, you, do you take just it in turn along it inside the seams, out, correct. draw like a line around. Oh, no, I don't draw. Every seam. No, no, you no. Just do it. I just do, do it. Do you use a sewing machine? Yes, yes, of course. Do you know how to sew? Yes. I have a sewing machine. I don't know how to use it. Sorry, mom. I know you showed me, but you I don't like, remember. You like put your foot on the pedal mm-hmm. as if you're driving a car. Well, like, right. Like press the gas. Yeah, yeah. You press the gas, you go as fast as you want, but I, I think it's like threading the bobbin. Oh, I, I would imagine that whatever sewing machine you have probably has an has online. Has a YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's right. I need to pull it out and put it on a table because otherwise I'm not going to use it. There is a really cool fabric shop up the the boulevard from me, so uh-huh. it would be fun to like. You put could some you could have been ma- making your own face masks this whole time. Like I know like this my whole dad. time. Yeah, your dad. My dad. Yeah, because he used masks. to sew your Halloween costumes. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good, he though, I imagine, were he to tailor a t-shirt, he would draw the lines. He would do some measurements. Yeah. I don't think so. I know so. I guess I don't know from experience because I've never asked him to tailor a t-shirt, but I know from behavior that he would Uh not feel comfortable just sort of winging it. He'd make a plan, man. I'm, I'm with you. I probably would first and foremost share my, uh, desire to just wear my business casual clothes because it feels as if I'm taken more seriously that way. Yep. 
Yep, totally. Uh, but also, I think regardless, tailor that shirt. I always feel like a free t-shirt shouldn't go to waste. Dear listeners, I gifted Steph for her birthday if your haunted flaunted shirt. Um, sure did. And like all print shops during the pandemic, at least in my experience, they sent Steph, the, I ordered Steph a small and they sent her a XXL. Extra large. <laughs> Extra, extra large. That's right. And yeah. and you were like, it's fine. I'll wear it as a nightgown. And I, I do. Was I like, sleep in. I slept in it last night. It's my well, favorite shirt. Two to things sleep in. went through my head when you said that, which is like, one, we're going to get you the right size, and two, what? Just tailor it. Like I, like I was like, oh no no no. Like you got, you can make this fit you, but we'll just get you the right size. And XXL, the shoulders are so insane. I know that, that one's a little. You're right. That's that's too it's much. Too much. Here's another local yokel. This person is from Boston. They give their full name, which I think I is see that. Yeah. wild. <laughs> That's pretty wild. So I have a New York Times social cues from Roberta Golick in Boston. Uh-huh. Great. My husband and I are locked in a friendly but serious disagreement with our adult daughter and son-in-law over the following issue. Two couples have a dinner reservation together at 7.30 p.m. The first couple arrives at 7.20. (laughs) Is it rude, as our children insist, for the first couple to sit before the second one arrives? Is it also rude for the first couple to order drinks while waiting? The kids assert that doing so makes them, the second couple, feel late, even if they arrive on time. Signed, Roberta Golick in Boston. I, my first question is, is this a thought experiment or did this happen? Like the way that Roberta right. phrases this is like, I'm I'm doing a hypothetical. Right. With we my- were playing a like parlor game, a question. We drew a question. It was this. Um, but then yeah. the way they end it saying the kids assert that doing so makes them, them. the second couple. Like, well, like the this second, feels- makes them the second couple. Feel like- yeah, I think this happened. I think this they happened, did this. But they're they- phrasing this as if like, so let, funny. Me, let me put forward a hypothetical that might happen at an Italian restaurant in the suburbs of Boston. They're looking for a like black and white. Is it- This is definitely a Miss Manners-esque question because it's sort of like, <laughs> what is know. the etiquette? And it's just like, well, in this case, there isn't really etiquette. I don't know. Like, yeah. you decide, I-, I think, based on the people you're going to meet. But also, like, I think the kids are wrong because I I don't think the first couple is responsible for the second couple feeling late, even though they're not. Me neither. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, yeah, you weren't late. No one thinks you're late. Who said you were late? Like, yeah. you know, just like relax. I have an answer <laughs> to how you can make this hypothetical like poof disappear. Only dine out at restaurants that seat full parties. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Miss Manners. Mm. Okay. Due to an unfortunate experience with Victorian novels and my dear grandmother, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was led to understand that the only things that should sparkle on a lady during the day are her wedding jewelry and her eyes. Uh Therefore, I have been long mystified to see in daylight perfectly ladylike women in sequin-covered evening wear as if they were appearing on TV. (laughs) Now, a few decades later, I have observed women at the office, the beach, and the grocery store wearing sequins on random bits of clothing, including face masks. Can Miss Manners please update us on the proper wearing of sequins and other sparkly things for the modern lady? Wear them. 
That's it. Wear them. Wear them. That's it. Um, if it's for the modern lady, I believe yeah, because yeah. this page is like killing me with pop-ups that Miss Manners is like says basically like sparkly things should not be worn by grown-ups during the day. Like according to, you know, real manners, you should not. But for the modern lady. Yeah, the modern lady lives by different rules. The modern yeah. lady um, has sex before marriage. The modern lady can get her own apartment, open her own checking account, mm-hmm. have a job. Um, the modern yeah. lady. Yeah, the modern. La- there's a lot of a lot of things have opened up to the modern lady. And one of them is sequence. Sequence. <laughs> yeah. You, dear writer, do not have to wear sequins. Like, no. we have not changed No the one's rules. making you be a modern lady. No <laughs> yeah. one's forcing you to do it. And do you um, know what? You can be a modern lady even without sequins. Right, right, right. Like, you can yeah. do... The thing. The cool thing about feminism is it, it's not prescriptive. So mm-hmm. it's basically just, like, you have the right to do what you want. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also yeah. like that they said, like... So they, they cling to this rule, even though they've come to it from an unfortunate experience with Victorian novels. Yeah, what? What does what that mean? What would that mean? I have no idea. It's mystifying. I love it. I what love is it the so unfortunate? Much. Like, well, too Miss much? Manners, Miss Manners also definitely edits these, right? Okay, because sure. they're always in her voice. We've talked about this, mm-hmm. I think. So I think that it's possible that she thought this was like a cute and coy way to edit like, this woman's probably told a really long story about Victorian novels, and Miss Mayer was like, I know a cute and coy way to sum it up. Due to an unfortunate experience with Victorian novels. I you know, just, she's... what do you imagine no that idea. that might be? Oh, my God. Unfortunate experience with novels. I read them and I hated them. I mean, I don't, but I, uh, they were all I could read. I went to prison at age 10, and I could only read, and I was, like, only given a library of Victorian novels until, like, the age of 40. I don't know, man. I was once in a CVS. I was looking for moleskin. You know, like yeah. that stuff that you yeah, like to put, put on your, your heel. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could not find it anywhere. Oh, Anyhow, there was a woman in there, a British lady in there, and uh, I chatted with her a uh-huh. bit. And she said she was having a bad day. So she was oh. looking for a Regency romp. And yeah. I was like, what? And it's like one of, and apparently. A Regency- kind of romance novel? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So like yeah. when she has a bad day, she goes to the CVS and buys herself a Regency romp, which are like those like slightly erotica, but like mostly just romance. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's Fabio stuff. Yeah, totally. But of the like British Regency period, like um, a very period. specific period yeah, piece. Period ones, yeah. Regency. God, romp. that's cute. That's so, 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 so cute and sounds so British to me. It was so British and so lovely. And I ended it with like, do you know where the moleskin is? Yeah. And she was like, no, I only come here for the Regency novels. I wish I had something that good when I had a bad day. That'd be like a little thing to treat myself with. That was like also not laying on the couch and watching TV, you know? Right. It's like, it's like going in per, like, like yeah, there's like a whole thing. ritual yeah. around it, which I really like. Really like it. I need more rituals in my life. There is something beautiful about your ritual pushing you, you out into to an world. external location. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It's everything. It's everything you actually need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're in those <laughs> moods, but nothing you want. You don't want to no. do that, but like your ritual You don't want to have to talk to some woman like frantically looking for moleskin. No, but that actually is like what makes you feel better. <laughs> Yeah, In fact. you're like, well, my life isn't as bad as hers. Exactly.
Okay, we got to write in. It's delightful. It's brief. Yeah. Um, let us hit you with it. Do you want me to read it? Or do you want to read it? Would you like me to read it? I'll read it. It's from Bonnie. Here's the, here's the question. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when your patient who wants a flu shot just talks, 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 talks? And then long story short, you end up following each other on Instagram, followed by a lot of question marks and exclamation <laughs> so many points. And Bonnie, if you're listening, I hope you are. You are a delight for all those who don't know who Bonnie is. Bonnie is a nurse that I met after a <laughs> gyno appointment when I said that I had never had a flu shot before. Bonnie said, well, you should, you know, stay seated here for a little bit. You probably won't have a bad reaction, but yeah. it's just good to check. And yeah. so Bonnie encouraged me to hang out. And man, oh, man. The second someone encourages me to hang out, you're in I it. will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're hanging out. And you're like hanging out. Yeah. So to Bonnie, I thought you were a delight. Like if I would, if we weren't in a pandemic, I would be messaging you on Instagram to get your number, to hang out. Bonnie had bangs like mine. Oh my God, And yes. seemed very, very, very cool. Was very out of touch with um, font etiquette, which I found Ooh, endearing. That's adorable, yeah. <laughs> it was just like so, so, so nice. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Um, I, th I believe there is a question here. What do you do when you're patient? Yeah, what do you do? Wants a flu shot to um, I think you become friends. Bonnie, I think that's right. I friends. think you're already halfway there. You've started following each other on Instagram. So obviously something good was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Take it to the next level. <laughs> yeah. Take it Bonnie, to the next level. Let's hang out after this pandemic. Can't wait to see you in JP. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family, yeah. Bonnie. Every time I talk, Lemon is growling. She's like, ugh, ugh. Why? She's, she's just like so done. fed up by Yeah, you? she's like, stop, open the door. Like, I'm fucking done. All right. Well, tell Lemon, we are done as well. Here's my outro. Thank you to all of our amazing listeners. This has been another episode of Dear So-and-So. As you already know, you can find us online at dearsoandso.pizza on Instagram at Dear So-and-So Podcast. And you can call us at, Steph, hit him with our number. It's Dad Dog 5078 That's Dad Dog 5078 We will be recording a holiday episode yes. mid-December. And we would love to hear any of your holiday <sighs> questions. Love, 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 um, love. Any yeah. holiday stories. My God, you yeah. if you have a funny tale to share, we would love to hear it yeah yeah or read it yeah so call us or email us our music is by our friend busy hemphill and as always i'm steph karp and i'm Alyssa bloomstein talk to you next week goodbye Bye.